You heard me say it, and I believe it wholeheartedly, that if you lead with identity, everything else will follow. But I've had the experience in my work of coming in contact with individuals who want what follows, but aren't willing to lead with identity. It used to bother me and I could not figure out why they did not want to lead with identity. Then it dawned on me that people think that doing identity work means that you're broken. When in fact, it has nothing to do with brokenness and it's not an attempt to fix you. Identity work is about coming in alignment with who you are and not fixing, but honoring who you are and building a brand that is most authentic to who you are. So if you're ready to leave with identity and become a supernormal superstar, visit YourSupernormal.com right now and let's do the work. Letters from the Heart, it, it walks a father through those challenges that they went through in their childhood and then seeing how God can deliver them from it and still be able to heal their family. So it's, it's, it's a small book, but I, I, I believe it's so profound because it helps us understand that. And, and like, uh, Delisa said, it was a, it was, it was like pulling teeth from an aggregator, um, for me to do it. Cause I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to do it. Not because of anything bad as much as I just didn't feel like, you know, Hey, I don't want to share this stuff, you know, cause I was sharing stories about myself and how I was raised and things of that nature as well. But uh, she assured me that it would be a blessing to do it. And I tell you what, I'm excited about it now. And I'm, I'm overwhelmed by, at the response that we've gotten. What's up, everybody? You are listening to the What Now podcast, where we discuss ways of effectively addressing life's most difficult moments. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the What Now podcast. That's right. The What Now podcast, where we discuss effective ways of facing life's most difficult moments. Scratch that word difficult. Remember, they're not difficult moments. We have taken back the right, the authority and the responsibility to define those moments and not allow those moments to define us. Therefore, we don't call them difficult moments anymore. We call them defining moments. My name is Clifton Pettyjohn. I'm a purpose strategist, author, transformation coach and spiritual leader. I provide tools and strategies to transition you from a life of merely existing to living a life full of purpose. All right. Yes. If you're wondering, I am talking to each and every one of you that can hear my voice right now. Let me take it back to the Boys and Girls Club days. If you hear my voice, clap one time. If you hear my voice, clap two times. If you hear my voice, then that means that you were created with purpose. All right. So listen, tonight we have two amazing guests. That's right. You heard me. Two amazing guests for the first time. In the What Now podcast history, we have two guests instead of one. So I want you to sit back, relax, and enjoy tonight's episode. Dexter and Delisha Easley are a dynamic father-daughter ministry team. These two have answered the call to lead and shepherd God's people from coast to coast and around the world. Delisha Easley is a licensed evangelist missionary, and Dr. Dexter Easley is a senior pastor of a growing ministry in South Carolina. The two are both authors of numerous books, but their latest book is the foundation of their ministry. God is using them in a time where fatherless homes are commonplace and the independent woman is strongly encouraged to not want or need a man. The Easleys are living examples that even broken homes do not have to mean broken relationships. From a rocky relationship in her teen years to not speaking for three years in adulthood with her father, Delisha knew she couldn't go on in purpose without mending this relationship. 
The return call is what led to another five years of establishing a true father-daughter relationship. The two are now traveling around the world, not only sharing their testimony, but helping other families mend the broken heart and establish legacy. Everyone help me welcome Dexter and Delisha Easley to the show. Everyone help me welcome Dr. Dexter and Delisha to the show. How are you guys tonight? We're doing great, Cliff. Just doing awesome. 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 So glad to hear. I'm excited about the conversation. Uh, as I tell every guest, I believe that each and every one of our listeners are going to leave this place after hearing this conversation. They're going to leave empowered, they're going to leave encouraged, and they're going to be positioned a little more purposely for their purpose. So here's how we do. We start with the icebreaker question. I'm going to use my favorite icebreaker question for you guys. (laughs) And that question is, if you could have one superpower, what would that superpower be and why? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't believe you asked a question like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, I've actually been asked this before and I cannot remember what my answer was. Answer was, oh wow. Younger, we did this with the young adults. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. Well, I tell you, my superpower would be the strength of Samson to be able to utilize my strength to be able to um, help people that's in need physically and uh, being able to uh so I would have strength like Samson. Okay. Superhero now. Okay. Yeah, okay. I know superhero. <laughs> but I, I'm I'm doing a biblical superhero. That okay? That's fine. Somebody <laughs> said uh on my last podcast they said they would want the wisdom of Solomon. So that's great. Yeah. That's great. Okay, okay, that's good See, too. I was that's gonna good. take that one. Now I got Yeah, that. yeah, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. You know, Go ahead, be Catwoman. I don't know. I'm trying to think about be Catwoman. Let me think of my uh, superheroes I actually like. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. Maybe um, be like Superwoman, Superman or something, where I can fly and go from here and there. Okay. Now I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you why I asked this question, because a lot of times I got this question doing it with, like my kids in, like you said, the youth group and when I was at the Boys and Girls Club. But I ask this question to adults as well is because sometimes we don't even realize we do it, but we answer according to what it is that we've been called and designed to do. Mm -hmm. You were talking about supernatural strength to help those individuals. What else does a pastor do? That's true. You're talking about flying traveling the world, sharing your story, sharing your testimony and the ministry that you have. That's exactly what everyone does. So what you're doing. So that's why I like to start with that question, because it's kind of like a fun question. But at the same time, we don't even realize like how much we do that without even thinking about it. Exactly. We're already operating our superpowers. Exactly. Exactly. All right, so now we're going to move on to our game of word association. I have five words. I'm going to throw those words out there at you. As I said off the air, you can give a one-word answer. You can elaborate on it. You can even sing on the show if you want to. We will not laugh at anyone singing, okay? (laughs) So the first word is purpose. Okay. We're supposed to say what comes to our mind yeah, first? The first thing that comes to your mind when I say that word. My life journey. Mm-hmm. My destiny. Yes, yes, yes. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later as well. The next word is ministry. Reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Reconciling the lost back to Christ. Mm-hmm. I was going to say healing and love. Mm-hmm. Okay. The next word is transformation. My life. I don't know sure. how that came, but that's the first thing that came to mind. Yep. 
what can what can you my life life yeah that's good I I I don't know why but first thing came to my mind was joy mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. man, I'm writing these down okay. yeah. Oh, you're right. Great. You're writing these down. Like, are we supposed to remember these? <laughs> no, I'm going to remember them throughout the conversation. <laughs> like, I already never forgot the first. <laughs> the next word is relationship. Meaningful. Yeah. Uh, I, I, when the first thing, two things came to my mind. First, but uh, when you said uh, relationship, I, 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 the first word came strong. Mm. And then the second word came family. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the last word is legacy. Heritage. Uh, fulfilling daily. Mm. All right, so we're going to revisit those words throughout the conversation. But what I want to do first is I want to give you both of you an opportunity to give everybody a little background information about you. Uh, just tell us how, you know, how, as far as back as you want to go to what got you to where you are now. I'll go first. I don't, All my, right. story, my story is short. I haven't, okay. been, on earth, I haven't been on earth as long as he has. So, um. <laughs> hey, 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 watch yourself, watch yourself, watch yourself. Watch it is a little yourself. shorter. I'm not going to go too far back, but um, as you've mentioned, I'm Delisha E. I have, I am a um, missionary evangelist. I go around the world um, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm an author and speaker. Um, let me see what else. Random things about me. My favorite color is orange. Uh, <laughs> I like to dance, not in public. But it's not <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, my I'm fulfilling my purpose every day, I believe, and things that I am a part of, such as um, local outreach programs and ministries, um, and making an impact on the world, not just through church and not just because that's what we're supposed to do as as kingdom citizens of God, that we are here to make yeah. a difference in the world. And so I am very um, purposefully um, in alignment with places locally in my in my community, as well as globally, um, traveling from numerous countries all over the world, even living in certain countries. Um, yeah, and I'm 30 something years old. <laughs> <laughs> I like that 30 something. Well, a little bit my, <laughs> mine's going to be a little short, maybe be shorter than yours. Uh, a little bit about me, uh, Pastor Dexter Easley, or Dr. Dexter Easley. Um, of course, I have been pastoring here in Goose Creek, South Carolina. Uh, I planted this church 25 years ago, and uh, and it's a church that's in the community, a rural area, but uh, just a growing ministry that touches lives. I do travel as well. Uh, I think me and Delisha travel so much uh, uh, around the world, preaching and teaching the Word of God. Um, you know, and, uh, and growing people up. The other thing is, is I do, I do, I do have what's called a mental leadership training that we, I do as well. I'm also in the community as well, real strong in the community. I work right beside the, alongside the police department, the mayor of our city, as well as working with, um, political things at the White House as well. So, um, uh, you know, my, my, I go from there. I'm an author as well of, of several books. Um, and, um, I'm a father of, uh, of four beautiful children grown out of the house. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> uh, glory to God. All the good stuff. Okay. And, that's and, enough. And, 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 uh, I, I, I carried away. I got happy. Just got right there. I don't know why. I just got happy. All of a sudden, I felt the spirit of God just moving right there when I said that, Lord Jesus. We've been gone uh, a long time, Clifton. <laughs> They've they, they, they been gone a long time, and I'm still rejoicing. You know, you know, I'm still rejoicing. When you can go back, when you can buy some snacks and go in there, you still got your snacks. Man, that's wonderful. <laughs> what you talk about, that's a blessing in disguise. I 
can't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's taking anyway. me out. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. So that's a little bit about me. Uh, and uh, like I said, I, I love serving the Lord and just touching people's lives. Awesome, awesome. Now we're getting ready to get to the book. But before we get to the book, I, I want to talk to you. Uh, you were saying, uh, Dr. Dexter, that you work with the police department, closely with the police department and the community and everything. How has that yes. been lately with everything that's been going on around our country? How has that work been uh, for you lately? It's, it's been very interesting. Um, of course, I was invited to sit down with, uh, uh, you know, with Barr. Uh, from the White House, along with Senator Tim Scott, and we're able to talk about um, justice reform and what we need to do with that. And that was really a good, a good dialogue that we had, uh, was able to be a part of. And I believe that we are moving in the right direction with that. And so the police department here in my city, of course, um, Chief um, Roscoe, you know, of course, uh, I, you know, we talk a lot about that. Um, I do talk with the police departments as well. I go in and, uh, and you know, kind of talk about character building and things of that nature. So now I've been invited to several uh, precincts to kind of share uh, with them as well. Because, you know, the thing that I can say, Cliff, I don't want to take this subject and go too far with it. But um, the thing of it is, is that there are some officers that are that are our color that are just being them. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and uh, and so. We don't need to, you know, I, I think that sometimes, uh, and I'm not taking the side of police or, or, or anything, sometimes we forget that they are human just like we are, you know, in yeah. some aspect and go home to their families and things like that. So, um, uh, you know, as well. So uh, I think that that's the perspective that I kind of come from of ministering and opening that door up to be able to, to build character, um, trustworthiness, you know, integrity, uh, things of that nature. So. Uh, but answer your question. Yes, it's been it's been it's been tense. It's been nervous. Um, the officers are some of them are in fear, um, and um, and so it's 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 not a you know it's a it's it's not a good place to be in, but it's a great place for God to move in. Absolutely. So uh, you know, so that's I guess that's I guess I could share that part. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Now. Uh, one more thing before we get to the book, uh, you guys were talking about traveling the world in your experiencing of travel in your experience of traveling the world. What are some differences that you've seen in other cultures versus in our culture over here in the United States? Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch promote and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major platform directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over a hundred thousand podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to show how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes and more. So start your show today by using the link provided in the show notes. This lets Buzzsprout know we sent you 
and it gives you an opportunity to receive a $20 Amazon gift card, as well as it helps support our show. Delisha, you want to get one first, and then I go behind you? Are you there? Did we lose? Okay. No, I well, was on mute. Oh. You can go first. <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay. So, so you want to go? No, you can't. I was on mute by okay. accident. Sorry, oh. guys. Okay. <laughs> okay. No problem. No problem. But um, one thing I can say is um, I was in my last trip was in Burkina Faso, um, Africa. And um, there was a little different because um, uh, the the I, the difference is to me is is there there was so much hunger for God mm-hmm. in worship they wanted to be there they wanted to be a part of worship and and I and I'm gonna tell you in, at this particular time you gotta understand that it, there was a terrorist threat that was going on at the time there was a bomb that was uh, that was released right down in the hotel that I used to which would normally stay in. We stayed at another hotel. And yet people came out to hear the word of God. There was a hunger and it was like that I, I that I have not even experienced here in the States at all. I mean just a hunger to do that. And matter of fact, to the point to where the um I don't know if you guys seen the news, but I guess it's happened maybe like four months ago where uh, in Burkina Faso, where they dragged the pastor out and shot him. Well, that's the church that I spoke at. And wow. so, um, you know, it, it's really dangerous. But just to see the commitment of them worshiping God and serving God, man, in, in the midst of all of that stuff, it, you know, it's like, no, that church was packed. Children are everywhere when we worship. And then the other thing was so amazing is that, you know, I was asking the Lord, Lord, you know, should I receive an offering? You know, look at the 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 poverty. Look what's going on. And the Lord told me, he says, no, receive an offering. And I tell you what, when I saw that, when people came up and laid their shoes at the altar mm. as an offering to God, it touched me. I mean, it touched me. So even that aspect of it was just for me. Anyway, I don't know about what the Alicia experienced, but I know that when I experienced, I experienced a hung, hunger of worship hunger of the word, they'll sit there and listen to three preachers preach and don't move. Um, they will, you know, the worship is, 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 is take you into the presence of God and get into prayer. And then the other one was the, the, the willingness to give what they had to God, you know. And uh, so those are the things that I, I, I see so much different than the state as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. Like, um, I got, I've been going on mission trips since I was 12 years old. So I've been going out of the country. Um, I think I had a passport oh. before everybody in my family. Like I parents saw a, a calling and they helped me get there. It was like, Hey, we don't have to have experienced it, but we know that you have a calling on your life. And so go and fulfill it. Um, so at that young age, I, I've grown, have grown up with a global perspective since I was mm. 12. So I have a different view on a lot of things. Um, one of them, as my dad mentioned, that it is a more of a, an authentic hunger for God as well as um, family. I lived in Venezuela uh, for a year um, there and it was, it was just like, everyone is your family. Like everyone looks out for you. Yeah. I had a, abuela there who's like my grandmother and she cooked for me every day for lunch like I'm small framed and she was determined I needed to gain weight I I don't know if I gained weight or not I just was eating good you know like but it's just everyone cares even though that the country was in a very bad place and still experiencing a lot of bad things and barely have food in stores but everyone just came together I think that that's something that's totally different that I do not see and not just in Venezuela, like when I was in um, Guatemala and other countries, I've seen that even in the Philippines last year. Like, it's just people care. It's like a community that that's what um, America lacks and what 
I believe, um, in my opinion, has a lot to do with things that we see um, happening in our country um, because they, we don't have that that culture and that that unity and that family dynamic. Like we don't really rely on it as much as we should. Um, and I guess that that answers your question, basically, like what I've seen from other countries to compare it to America. Awesome, awesome. You hit a trigger, well, trigger word, trigger compound word or two words. You said global perspective. And I believe that a lot of times <clears throat> having a global perspective is a major help to those who haven't been able to travel beyond their state. You know, sometimes when we're we're stuck in a state or a town, you know, our perspective yeah. of everything is so small. Everything right. is so exactly. small, you know, so that that is great. I remember uh, as you guys were talking, I was thinking about my first time uh, going to the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. And I remember the people there were just so friendly, so nice and willing to help with this. And I'm saying, thinking, well, wait a minute. At first, my mindset is, should I be suspect of this? Right, right. You know, because it, it's just not anything that I have been accustomed mm -hmm. to. And that's why I wanted to ask, you know, you guys' experience as well, traveling, because I think that everybody needs to experience that for themselves so that we can gain that global perspective. But you also segued in to talking about family. So we're going to go right into the book now. Letters from the heart. I want you guys to give your own personal, uh, I guess, a synopsis of it before we begin to talk about it. Okay. okay. Uh, you go, Delisha. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, he says that I always go first, so I'm trying to pause and like. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just, I just, I just, I, and I see you trying to do that. I really appreciate you. you see, I take, on. I take, you know, we debrief these interviews. I, you know, I learned. I'm trying to blend in, pause, that, and let, and let, let the man of God speak. Amen. Amen. Um, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, in a synopsis from a daughter's perspective of the book, um, the reason that we even wrote this book, um, we actually, it's our, own process, right? And then I, the, I feel like God gave me this idea, and I mentioned it to my dad, and he was gun ho about it. <laughs> no, he wasn't. No, I wasn't. He was not. Um, <laughs> he was not ready for that to be to the world. That was like, oh, it's not gonna be a tell all, but you know, he still didn't want to do it, no matter if we were telling all or not. But um, I, this book is a resource to help you um, as as a <clears throat> child to know how to deal with your parents and to go through that process of forgiveness from a child's perspective. Um, in the beginning, I think the forward section, I wrote about just addressing um, what it looks like and if you have to be the person to take the first step and what that looks like and how you need to forgive yourself and how you need to forgive your, you know, your parent or whatever the case may be. So. Um, in short, it's basically just a, it's a resource that talks about our, our healing story, but also giving you um, practical steps so that you can start your own healing story. Awesome. Awesome. And, and then my, my perspective was a little different coming from a father perspective. Um, you know, uh, uh, overall, I believe it's going to, to be able to, uh, to break some barriers, especially for fathers in the sense of being able to share their story. And I believe there's a lot of great books out there, um, but I believe this book, Letters from the Heart, it, it walks a father through those challenges that they went through in their childhood and then seeing how God can deliver them from it and still be able to heal their family. So it's it's, it's a small book, but I, I, I believe it's so profound because it helps us understand that. And and like uh, Lisa said, it was a it was it was like pulling teeth from an aggregator uh, for me to do it because I I didn't I didn't I didn't want to do it not because of anything bad as much as I just didn't feel like you know hey I don't want to share this stuff you know because I was sharing stories about myself and how I was raised and things of that nature as well but um, she assured me that it would be a blessing to do it and I tell you what I'm excited about it now and I'm I'm overwhelmed by, at the response that we've gotten. So, 
so many books and we've been, I mean, people have been talking about it. People have been in testimonies of how it's been blessing them. So my perspective overview of the book is that for a father or, and, and this one thing that I think Lisa and I was saying, Alicia and I was saying was that uh, one of the major things that we find is that uh, women is going to love this book as well, because it's going to show them uh, even in that relationship with their father or even with their children as well. So it's also too um, for everyone that picks it up, I think it'll just be a, an eye opening and helping them to navigate through this, um, through this thing called relationship. Awesome. Awesome. Now, Delisha, you hit a, another trigger with the forgiving self and forgiving your parents. How did you begin? And Dr. Dexter, you can jump in here too from a male perspective. How did you begin to forgive yourself for some of the things that you had done? Um, you're asking me to go first, right? Yes, yes. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> you kind of asked that, and then it was like another question. I was like, wait, am I going there? Okay. Um, yes, you yeah. go first. For me, it was, um, I always, I tell the story in the book about how my grandfather, which is my dad's father, um, lived in California. I live in California. And, you know, we had met and he kind of had this long conversation with me about um, his relationship with his children and all of his sons and how he didn't have a good relationship with them until they were adults with families and how he feels that that impacted the way that my dad raised us. And he wanted to apologize for that. And, and basically at that time, I wasn't even talking to my dad. And so he was just like, you know, you really need to forgive your dad and reach out, you know, like he loves you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, whatever, you know. And so um, that was the first that, that was like a, a conversation that really changed my perspective on it, because like my dad and I always say we were still we still love God. We were still going to church. We were still actively involved in ministry in the places that we were. But there's something about that relationship that still wasn't healed. And I feel like you can't really fulfill and do all God calls you to until you deal with what he's telling you to deal with. I'm certain this may be blessed because your gift is given irrevocable. But at the same time, you know, you got to deal with you. And so God began to really deal with me. And I said, okay, I forgive my dad and I forgive myself for holding this uh, grudge basically against him and holding this, you know, uh, resentment, if you will, against him. So that's, it's, it's a process. And then um, we also got other people, got counselors. Um, we believe mm -hmm. in going to Christian counselors or therapy mm -hmm. because certain things you can't process right and certain things Absolutely. you don't really challenge yourself in you challenge yourself to be better but not really you be like, okay we'll work on that when time comes everything when it comes but when you get people um, around you to ask you those difficult questions um it helps you so that was like the beginning process of forgiving myself and forgiving my dad and then going into action, there's this quote from um, Robin Sharma that says, forgiveness isn't approving what happened, it's choosing to rise above it. And mm. so when you're, you're, you're not negating what happened, and people want to do that, like, I'll just forget all of this stuff. And it's like, well, you can't really forget it. It did happen. But you do want to um, rise above it because that person's not the same person. They may be working to change or whatever the case may be. So I think that answered my question. <laughs> yes. Now, now uh, Dr. Dexter, before you answer, I, I want to hit something because I believe that what you said was so paramount. It was so paramount. And you said that one of the things that helped you was your grandfather had a conversation with you about, you know, his parenting as it related to your father and his children. This is why I believe the book is so important because I just had this conversation the other day with a, with a family member about how there are so many things that sometimes happen in a family that we remain silent about, but it speaks so loudly 
in our interaction with each other and in our non-interaction with each other. So I just wanted to hit that key. This is why I believe that this book is so important. So, so, so important. All right, Dr. Dexter, I'm sorry. Fit for sport, fit for life. Numa Wellness and Spa offers mobile massage services. Gordon Walker Jr. specializes in deep tissue and sports massages. Massages range from 60 to 90 minutes. Numa's hours of operations are Monday through Friday, 9.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Happy hours are between 1.30 p.m and 5.30 p.m., Monday through Friday. During this time, clients receive massages at a discounted rate. Gordon also specializes in paraffin treatment, ear candling, mobile first aid, CPR, and AED classes, as well as mobile notary services. Coming soon, Zumba and yoga classes. For more information and to schedule an appointment, visit www dot numa wellness spa dot com or email them at new made seven eight one six at gmail dot com new made is spelled p n e u m a d e or you can call them at three zero two nine nine zero eight nine zero seven I mean, that's good. That's a good point. Uh, I think that, that the whole idea of uh, forgiveness and operating in that, it took that for us to actually get there. I kind of shared this um, before, and that is that I had to get over the fear of being rejected, you know, um, by my daughter. And I mean, in the sense of of not, she's not accepting or, or you know, I just didn't want to do it. She didn't give me any signs of that. That's just mm-hmm. something internally how I was right. feeling. And, right. and, and I had to get over that. I had to address that. I had to um, go to the Lord with that and really felt the conviction of that. And it was beautiful that my daughter was saying that my, my, my father talked to her because my my mom and dad, they got a divorce when I was about 12 years old. And, um, and from that point on, he was over 3,420 something miles away from me. So we didn't, he, he was my hero, but I never got a chance to see him. Or never got a chance to talk to him at all. So it was a distance. So it, in the book, I kind of talk about my life, how I began to go into the streets and, and things like that and begin to share how, where I learned to be this man that I am today or not today, but by the man I turned into. Um, and then how God changed my life and I became this man I am today. And it's through forgiveness and you have to walk through that. You know, like, uh, Delisha was saying, we we talked. We had a great relationship when they talked about talking and praying and stuff like that. But we didn't have that deep conversation, that father daughter conversation. It was kind of shallow. Or I'll say something, hey, just checking on you, or I'll text, hey, how you doing? Fine, okay, good to hear. And keep it moving. There was no depth in that, and so uh, and the reason why because it was some things there that we need to confront and deal with. And and I believe as the Holy Spirit begin to deal with our hearts and uh, at different times it just it all came together and then Delicia asked me you know what I think about going uh, to counseling the Christian counselor I said I have no problem with that I mean that's what we do and you know we both don't mind that we believe that it's great to go to a Christian counselor to a spirit field uh, that that's able to really minister to you as well so we was able to do that and I think out of that particular time the, the walls started coming down and we started uh, uh, talking about how we felt um, through this whole 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 um, uh, you know season of not talking. I think it was like five years of not really depth of no talking. So it was you know what what caused it, what why is that? 
And we try to put that into the book and try to give you an example of why it's important to have that relationship um, with your father and your relationship with your, uh, your, your, you know, your sons, your daughters, and and so on, because it's so important that God uh, begin, you allow God to move in your heart, especially when it comes to the level of forgiveness. So, awesome. And that, if you, yeah, that answers that. That was great. As you guys have been traveling and teaching on the subject, and people have been yeah. reading the book. What have been some of the responses? Because I'm telling you, you know, being having been in ministry basically my entire life, being around the church and church culture, what you guys are talking about is so real in so many people's lives, especially those who have minute have, you know, pulpit ministries. Um right. and sometimes it, it never gets talked about, it never gets discussed. So what has the responses been so far? Well, Cliff, I'm going to jump in front of Alicia on this one because uh, I, not, not, I'm going to let her get it back in just a second. But, <laughs> um, uh, uh, but the reason why I'm jumping in on this is because that was part of my issue. My issue was here I am, a pastor of a thriving ministry, yeah. and I'm preaching and I'm, I'm, I'm doing marriage seminars. I'm teaching on family. And here I am. I got this thing going on in my family. So if I write a book, if I share it, it's going to reveal some cracks even in my armor. And do I want that to be seen? So, uh, and, and, and to answer your question, I mean, really kind of get to it. The response that I've been getting has been really overwhelming, um, you know, uh, of excitement that we are doing it, that, hey, we need to talk about this, that, you know, that we people need to talk about and, and we as pastors need to deal with it. So that was one of my greatest uh, challenges writing the book. And uh, Delisha knows that, that I, it's like, I don't, you know, we don't need, our, you know, I don't need to put this out there like that, you know, mm-hmm. dealing with this and all that kind of stuff. So the church is one of the most, uh, you know, confined places when it comes to dealing with hurt within yeah. the pulpit yeah. and dealing with those things. And understanding that we preach about a sovereign God and a healing God and a redeeming God and a forgiving forgiving God, but we don't we don't really want to exercise that sometimes. And so uh, I had to get out of that and 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 look at it like Delisha was telling me, Dad, you got to look at the people that's going to be blessed by this. Yeah, you got to look at those people that 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 is going to be healed by this. This is something that God had His hands on, and and so. You know, with that, she coached me up. So in coaching me up, she, you know, and it helped me to say, okay, yeah, that's fine. You know, you know, let's do it. And so I, I was like that. What you're talking about, that person that's sitting at church, hearing the word, preaching the word, teaching it, ministering it, but yet going through it in your own life and sharing it is the transparency that we do in this book allows people to see that even if you're successful in ministry. Even if you're doing things and you know uh, in ministry that's touching thousands, you still God still wants to work on your heart too, and I think that that was a major key uh, for me uh, in that. Now, the least you can go. Uh, I apologize, jump you that time. <laughs> no, it's good to hear. That's good to hear. You see how good he's getting at this, Clifton. Yeah, this is good. Uh, he, yeah, for me, it's been the same. I've gotten. Um, DMs and testimonials on my social media. I do like a testimony every week of different people that are messaging, trying to keep track of everybody. Um, people have written reviews. Um, one of the ones that stood out was a guy, I think he's like 50 years old, and he was telling me about how he was not able to really like talk to his father, didn't have a relationship, but on his father's deathbed, he was able to um actually forgive him and tell him and he's just like he didn't have any resource and he was just like I read your book in one day and this just changed my life and like the importance of me being involved in my in his own children's lives and I think another thing is just that um that one of the takeaways is is people are having the conversation right because communication is so important in relationships not just like from marital stance to father daughter to friendship communication is everything and a lot of what my dad and I had um 
issues with was because we didn't communicate, right? And so things that had started or was from when I was younger and then just held on because we just kept, like you said, we were just being present and, you know, every people have the elephant in the room or, you know, you don't tell nobody your business, you know, you're the pastor, you're the example, you don't keep that in house. So it made it, where do I go? Where's my open, you know? And so it just builds up and it becomes a whole lot of drama. And so one of the things that we were addressing in our therapy session together was like, how do we communicate? Like, what's the best way for us to communicate with each other? And how does the other one hear, you know, and vice versa. And those are things that we need to sometimes we have to learn, right? You don't just, Mm -hmm. you're not born into this world, a great communicator, like you learn those things. And I think that having those conversations, if that's the minimum that someone takes away from the book, then we've done our, our job, you know, like uh, by writing it. Yeah. You just hit it. Communication is key and learning how each other communicate, because like you said, we're, we're not born great communicators. Although at times we feel we are great communicators, Mm -hmm. you know, we do because in our mind it's making sense to us. So why can't you process it? Like I process it when I'm giving it to you. So yeah, that, that is definitely key. And Dr. Dexter, I commend and respect you because what you did was take the step that many were not willing to take, but now you're giving them the strength to take that step. And I believe that it'll be a lot of families that will be set free from the book because of this very thing and churches as well, because there are some ministries that have seemed to hit a glass ceiling. They don't understand why they hit that glass ceiling. This book is the answer to why they've hit the glass ceiling in their Mm -hmm. personal lives and in the ministry as well. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that, can I say one more thing? Sure. Uh, One more thing for like those who are in ministry and um, maybe full-time ministry or not, but just balance as a family. Like um, that was the thing that my dad and I were talking about before. uh, One other thing, I'm not going to give the whole book away, but one of the the issues (laughs) is... um, is being engaged and there's studies that are proven because I'm like the the technical side, right? I have a psychology degree, so I'm all like about research, but okay. scientifically proven that a, a, a dad that is distant is almost the same as if you're absent. So it's important to be engaged with your children. And so having a balance, like God has called you to ministry and has called you to the nations and, and to these people, but his, your first ministry is family. And so you need to, you know, just have just have balance with that. Now, I'm going to ask Dr. Dexter a question off of that. Mm-hmm. OK, how do you find balance with everything that you have going on? Even now, you know, being a father to uh, children that are children that are adults and running your mentoring program and pastoring and traveling. How do you find that balance? Well, like Lisa said, really, I think I, I, now I, I do based on uh, my schedule. Uh, one thing that I, I, I focused on was called time management. And that's I, I had to value time. And that's what Lisa was kind of alluding yeah. to, is that mm-hmm. you have to value time. And then you have to, once you value time, you put a value on it. And then you're able to monitor it because it's just like losing money. Once it's gone, it's gone. So you, you, you know, you really want to make sure that you balance it. So that's what I've done in my life, especially now more so than ever, because I've learned over the years that poor time management will cause something to go lacking. So what I do is I put certain value points on things. I do certain things in order to do that. Like, for example, uh, my, my, my monthly schedule, my, all the schedules that I have, I don't really get into my appointments weeks ahead. I only get in my appointments as they come up, like for example, tomorrow I got some appointments. So I look at the schedule now. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't put, I don't put my future in my present. (laughs) 
As a health and wellness coach, Gordon Walker Jr. assists his clients in losing weight, gaining weight, or just being fit. He also helps with meal plans. You can reach him at 302-990-8907 or you can visit the website at numa24.goherbalife.com That's numa24 at goherbalife.com So what I do is, so I allow my future to come to me. When it comes to me, then it is there. And, and doing that has really helped me to be able to do time management. The other thing is, I don't, like I said before, I don't waste time with things that are, that are not going to benefit the whole. And, uh, and I mean whole, meaning my family, meaning everything that I do, my makeup, my purpose. The least you can talk about purpose. And that, that my, your purpose is the main key that runs that your, your, your time. And it's okay to do that. You know, um, as she was talking about earlier, when, when I was younger, when I came down to start this ministry, I had the ministry, I had a full-time job. The church was growing, things was going on. Uh, Delisa was playing basketball at that time and everything like that. So I don't want to tell too much about the book, but anyway, uh, it goes into a story, talk a little bit about how, I, even though I was there, I had literally, uh, uh, basically didn't have that communication when she was smaller because I was so inundated with so much stuff that I was doing and, and going for and, uh, and, and ministry and, and just, and traveling as well. And so it was just, it was just booming. So I did not have a time management schedule set up. Um, and this doesn't have to be a, a mundane type of thing. It is really a conviction of the Holy Spirit. And allow the Holy Spirit to really deal with you. So now uh, I'm eased. I don't stress. There's no stress in my life at all. All the things that we do, there's no stress in my life at all. And so, and the reason why that is, is primarily because I've allowed God, the Holy Spirit, to uh, give me a time management process in which I do everything and value everything. And so every person in my life have a value. And then some relationship. I had to go back and redefine those relationships, mm. not making relationships more important than what they really are. Mm-hmm. And yes. so in doing that, you know, especially as a pastor, sometimes pastors have their path, their people uh, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a greater value than them pointing them to Jesus and pointing them to the Holy Spirit. Uh, so if you don't do that, sometimes you are the caregiver and a caretaker. And God never told us to do that. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the chief shepherd. We are the under shepherd and don't forget that we're sheep as well. So, uh, and, and so it's, oh, it's so important, uh, to do that. As a young pastor, I did not have all of that I have now today, wisdom that I have now. Um, but I, you know, that's the thing that I regret as a younger pastor, not being able to, um, have a time management system, which I developed within that. Now we did have time. We did spend time, but I'm talking about. Uh, a greater, greater impact. Cause I don't want to mm-hmm. seem like, you know, we didn't do anything we did. It just was, I, I was so inundated and so busy mm-hmm. that it caused me um, not to be able to be that involved as, as I needed to be. And so um, even though I was doing great things, helping everybody else find their peace, find their joy and in the midst of it, losing mine. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, so that's where I got on the time management and really allow the Holy Spirit to get that. That's why I don't really tell people what to do. That's why he hadn't gave me any steps is because I found that to be dangerous because my situation is different than your situation. You know, um, my life now is different than, you know, your life or whatever. So if I give you this plan, okay, do this, do this, 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 it may not fit your makeup, your purpose, and where God designed you because God shaped you a certain way. And because you're shaped a certain way and created a certain way, you make him fit into my cookie cutter. So I'm not going to force you to be what you're not. You need to look at how it works for you and then work that process and allow the Holy Spirit to give you a plan that works your, uh, you know, your, your life. And that's, that's why I don't, that's why I don't say, well, number one, you do this. Number two, because if I do, 
that could be for me. That works for me, but that may not work for a guy that's working 12 hours a day, you know, 18, you know, whatever, got five kids, six kids. I, I don't know, you know. So I, but pray about it. Get allow the Holy Spirit to deal with you as a man and ask the Lord to do that. You know, taking your child to a movie is not spending time with your child. Mm. You know, sitting down looking at a movie is not spending time with your child. Um, those things are not quality time. Quality time is being able to have that one-on-one and that quality time doesn't have to be five hours, six hours, one hour. It could be an, it could be an hour. It could be, but it can be quality. It could be worth something and spending that quality time because that's what they want. They want your attention. And if they can get your attention and you're with them, I'm telling you, it, it, that, that you can, you can do it. So it's, it, you know, um, I thought it was impossible, but with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. No, this is good. What what I enjoyed about what you said, um, you were talking, showing the stages you went through in ministry. And I hope a lot of young ministers listen because sometimes you get so excited and overzealous about, you know, ministry and helping people and how you even talked about how you had to redefine relationships because a lot of people aren't going to tell you we need to redefine this. I'm taking too much of your time. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. You right. know, you have to come to that within yourself. So yeah, this was good. That was good. Now I'm going to, I'm going to, um, <laughs> this is, I'm just excited about this. Like I'm excited about the book and I'm excited. Even I, I want you to tell them at the end about your mentoring program, because a lot of young ministers need to hear what you're saying because it'll save a lot of heartbreak Headache, divorce, yes. yes, extra trauma, all of those different yeah. things. So, yeah, this is great. So, here's what I want you to both to do. I want you to give everybody the contact information for yourselves as it relates to your own social media handles, the uh, website for the book, where they can purchase the book, where they can follow your ministries, all of those great things. Okay, Delisha's going to do that for me. She's going to do okay. mine as well. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'll do mine first. Um, I am Delisha E. on social media. Um, on all platforms, I am Delisha E. Um, my website is DeliciaE.com, D-E-L-I-S-H-A-E.com. And you can order the book there. You can order it at Amazon, Apple, BooksToLiveBy.com, basically anywhere books are sold. Um, for my dad, his social media is Dexter Easley Senior. And on social media, on Instagram, it is NLCF3. Please go follow him there. We're trying to help him with his, his social media ministry. Amen. That is his, those are his platforms. You could easily find him, but yes, you can find the book anywhere and uh, feel free to leave a review. We have a five-star rating on Amazon right now. We want to keep it that way. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's it. All right. I also, to, to, uh, also too, they can go to new life GCSC dot org. Uh, you can go there. If you go to New Life GCSC dot org, if you go there, you can find out a lot more about the mentoring program as well. Um, um, I have a class that's getting ready to start in, I think it's two weeks. Um, and that class is talking about potential and it's called a, the, the uh, potential principle. It shows you step by step and how to develop um, that, that principle, um, uh, potential on the inside of you and how to do that. I'm actually going to give a system. Uh, it's going to be a whole system that I'm going to give away, not give away, but teach on that's going to show people how to pull the best out of them in the level where they are. So, um, that's going to be, that's going to be, that's the latest one, but they can go over to our website. That's newlifegcsc.org. Go over there and you'll see what mentoring is. Click on it. Or if you want to get the book, you can get it from there as well. And um, as I as I got to do better, as my my my, my daughter is telling me, you guys got to follow me on uh, my Instagram is NLCF3. Make sure you do that. Now I'm loaded on Facebook. I got over five thousand followers or whatever. 
So, but, um, you know, it can't get no more. So she said, I need to get another page, but whatever. But anyway, so, <laughs> so follow me there. Do what you have to do. Uh, appreciate it anyway. All right. So here's what I want both of you to do real quick. I want you to, uh, I want each of you to tell individually who you believe would benefit from reading the book. Okay. Yes, it's back to you now. Who are the individual, like an individual person or just who is going to benefit? Like generically, like who... Oh, okay. your target market perspective per se yeah um i would say that um the people that are going to benefit i would say women um between the ages of like 18 to mid mid 50s 40s i'm just going based off of the people who have submitted reviews and who've actually mm-hmm. given us feedback um, so you think you have a target audience and then they tell you who they are. Right. So right. <laughs> those are the people that have been, um, those are the people who've been responding and who have, um, been saying how their relationships have been healed, how they're mending, how they've even, um, reconnected with their fathers who they have not heard from since they were teenagers or, and so it's just amazing what God is doing with, um, with this book so I would say that's the audience and I and I wouldn't limit it to you being a Christian or not it's not written in that um aspect but it does greatly glorify that God is the only one that really changed the situation and change a person's heart so um you may get saved after you read <laughs> come on Amen. Now, I, I believe I believe that this book. Um, uh, my prayer is that men would pick this book up and be touched by it. That it will allow them to allow the walls to be brought down by the by the Holy Spirit. And even like uh, like the, the least was just saying a few moments ago, even secular uh, men would be able to read it and see that you know sharing their past, understanding and confronting the things that they have to deal with and to overcome and allow um, their heart to be healed and allow God to fill it. I truly believe that that's, that that's one group of people that I believe. And it's a small book. So men, you know, it's easy to read. It's not, a, it's not inundated with a lot of information, but it is powerful information, but it, it's not long and, and drawn out. They can get it. They can understand it. So my, my desire is that men will pick this book up and whether they're in prison, whether they're, you know, uh, wherever they are. I mean, the story that, that's in the book, it just tells my life. And, and uh, you know, and I it, it, and I think it opens it can open them up to understand it's OK to talk about it. It's OK that you came from this place, but God has greater things in store for you that you, you just got to be able just to know that God's for you. He's not against you. Awesome. Awesome. Listen, I want to thank you both again for joining us on tonight. Thank you for sharing so freely. Listening audience, thank you for listening. And my prayer is that you will head over to the website. You will purchase this book. Why? Because it is important and imperative that you invest in your now so you can produce a future that's connected to your purpose all right Mm -hmm. invest in your now to produce a future that's connected to your purpose here's what i want you guys to do i want you to text legacy to 302-648-5544 again legacy to 302-645-648-5544 i'm sorry y'all i messed that all up but y'all know what the number is i want you to text legacy there why because it lets me know you've listened to the entire podcast or the episode. And you also enter for a chance to win the drawing at the end of the month. Again, thank you all for listening on tonight. Thank you, Dr. Dexter. Thank you, Delisha. I appreciate both of you for sharing again. And as I always say, listening audience, create a great day, walk with purpose, and by all means, execute your vision. Peace.
many people define stagnation as not producing. And I understand that. But let me add a little weight to the definition of stagnation. Stagnation may be where you're not producing, but it also may be where you're producing at a level or in a dimension that's disrespectful to your purpose and your creation. I've written a tool that will assist you to number one, find out the areas that you have stagnation in. And then number two, it's going to give you some tools, strategies, and techniques to transition from stagnation to transformation. And that tool of that book is called From Stagnation to Transformation. I want you to head over to my website right now and I want you to download the preview of the book. After you download the preview of the book, read it. After you read it and you're hooked, I want you to come back to the website and I want you to purchase your copy of From Stagnation to Transformation. Why? Because I want you to make an investment in your now to produce a future that's connected to your purpose. So again, I want you to visit www.cliftonpettyjohn.com forward slash transformation. At the top, you're going to see a tab that says book preview. Click it, download it, read it. And I want you to come back and purchase your copy of From Stagnation to Transformation.